What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Salty Dogs Podcast. What's up, Salty Dogs What's Nation? What's cracking? I, I regret calling S- this the SDP Nation. That you sounds do? so bad. Does it sound bad? When I think of whenever someone says like some sort of nation, that is, it just sounds really trashy to me. All right. No, well, not you guys are not trashy. Yeah. Hey, SDP fans. SDP no. land. Salty land. Salt land. How about that? Salt land. What's the, uh, the salt land? What's the periodic table... Um, NA. NA? NACL. Sodium chloride. That's what it is? Mm-hmm. Bunch of sodium chlorides out there. See, that's not going to work. Why? We're just going to have to start this thing over. You're funny. Actually, speaking of uh, Kyle and... Um, oh, don't worry about it, man. Speaking of... Uh, Kyle? Yeah. And Joe. Kyle and Joe are we here. We didn't say Kyle and Joe. I, I'm saying it now. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jeremy was fixing the camera, so I like lost my train of thought. Okay, for just gotcha. a second. <laughs> if anybody moves, I'm like, huh? I, I lose just, it. Yeah. So, it's all good. anyways, yeah, we're we're live right now. You guys listening to the to the audio afterwards, but we do record episodes live, and so Kyle and Joe are sitting by uh, patiently right now. But I, I wanted to bring to light something that uh, Kyle uh, he calls the Salty Dogs podcast the uh, the sodium canines. And so I yep, just appreciate that. Do you get it? Oh, canine is oh, in yes, dog. As, I read. Right, I was. Yeah. I had the same reaction that Joe had in that message. I was like, "What are you talking? What about? is a sodium canine?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. It took go. me a second to read it, like once or twice. And so, but anyways, I'm welcome, super. I'm super to stoked to talk to them, and we'll yeah, we'll get into some pretty good conversations with them today. Sodium hey, canines. But, yeah, sodium canines. But before we do, hey, let's just have a quick little chat about what we're doing this weekend. What are is there anything going on? We're shooting a wedding. Actually, I had a couple things that I wanted to talk about on my way here. I was laughing because number one, um, so our our sewer line has been backing up because we have clay pipes which are really old, and we have trees, and so the roots are getting in there. The roots, the, the roots, the roots, the roots are getting in there and clogging stuff up. So then it's bubbling over into our basement, mm. and so I've probably wet vacked poopy pee water. You know, six or seven That's times. What that smell is. You within, need to wash your ankles, right? <laughs> <laughs> not I need a good, good ankle cleansing. <laughs> yeah. Well, be like Jesus. That and really get over sucks, man. I remember when you called me late. It was like eleven when so, you called me up. So, it, you know, of course, it always happens. Last night, Kim was just like, "Yeah, the sewer hasn't acted up in a while," and this morning it acted up. Mm. And so today, when I got home, I totally forgot that I had to to go and uh, snake, you know, snake the line or whatever. Use one of those bladders. I don't know if you know what those things are. Yep. But you shove that thing in there and you turn your water hose on and then it cleans it out. And so, of course, that works. But, but yeah. So. I feel like you have a sermon illustration right now. What? Is that the direction you're going with this? No. Oh, okay. No, I don't preach sermons anymore. <laughs> you don't believe in the Bible I, anymore. I gave up on being a pastor a long time ago. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyways, I was dealing with, like, poopy pee water. And then <laughs> on the way to the podcast, so I have... Two coffee mugs in my in my uh, console. Right. One is coffee from today, and one is coffee from God knows when. And so you drank the old coffee. I accidentally took a drink of the old coffee, and it was it was funny because I like took a drink and I was like, "That's not right," and I just real slowly went <laughs> right back into the old cup, and I was just like, "Man, like." Sour milk and like poop and pee water. Like today's just been a day. It's just been a gross day. Yeah. And so I have a story about when I drank something really nasty. Tell me about <laughs> it. So I will drink anything and eat anything. It, like if it's fallen on the floor, or if it's been out all night, like I don't, I don't care. I'll still eat it. Um, and then I will drink like if we have leave water bottles, there's like half a water bottle in the car and it's right. been there for days. You'll I don't, I don't care. I'll, <clears throat> I'll drink it. Well, we had a styrofoam cup in there 
one day and I didn't realize like Lara had opened the lid and shoved trash from the car in it. And so we had just gone out to eat. It was probably a couple days before. And so I, I grab it and she's like, hey, you don't want to. And I was like, I'm fine. And I took a huge <laughs> swig of it and it, it, it tasted so bad. I mean, it t- like the, the tissues and everything had decomposed and it, oh, it was disgusting. Oh man. So, it, so was like, it was like, yeah, it was like, like static toilet water. It was water. trash water. I drink oh my trash gosh. water. Okay, so now, it was so, disgusting. So, all right. So I have a bar story actually. So one of the funniest things I remember from when I was drunk it's one of the only things I probably remember when I was drunk, but well this played. was back in my back in my day, and uh, you know it was just it was this time where like I never really smoked or, or dipped or chewed or anything like that, except when I was really really drunk, and um, went out to this bar one night. We would go drink and play darts after work. I waited tables for a long time. It's and so, so dangerous. It was such a yeah I know it is, <laughs> <laughs> and I've never been impelled by a dart. So, um, but anyways. Uh, we would get the, um, it was the Copenhagen right. uh, wintergreen right. pouches. So not the actual like shredded chaw, but the pouches. And I, man, I love those things. They were so good. Well, here's what happened. We were drinking one night and, uh, and I had one in. We are drinking beer where I, saw, I found an empty glass on the table. And so I went, boop, when I was done chewing it. <laughs> well, one of my buddies. He drank it. He drank it. Oh, my God. <laughs> He filled it with beer. He drank the no. whole beer, and he didn't know it was no. in there till the last drink. So he's going for his last drink, and it like goes in his mouth, and he just like st- stops for a second, and he pulls it out, and he goes, "Ah, what the heck!" And anyways, it was like one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Man, this thing's really gotten off the rails. It has gone <laughs> off the rails. Well, here we are talking about beer uh, and chaw, and yeah. Anyways, so. You wanted to know about my weekend. I don't want to tell you about that. I want to tell you about everything else. Well, I just on. was, we're shooting a wedding this weekend and I'm pretty excited. That's oh, together we are. Yeah. That's right. Oh, you wanted yeah. to talk about that. Well, we didn't have to. This was, that was way funnier. Yeah. So, D- yeah, because shooting weddings together is not funny at all. We will have a lot of fun, though. It'll be good. Yeah, for sure. So, we got some salt. Yep. It's time for our Pass the Salt segment. And so, this is where we read a, salt a review or a uh, message or an email or whatever from our listeners. So, right. you guys can go do that. SaltyDogsPodcast.com. Or, uh, you know, uh, contact us page. You can fill out a form. You can text us. And there's a number. Uh, no one ever texts us. I know. Actually, they have in the past. But, oh, have they? but yeah. you don't respond. That's why no, no I one do. texts us. Okay. No, that's not true. Okay. Yeah. Or, no one or has ever called us and left us a voice. SaltyDogsPodcast at gmail.com. But this one comes through Facebook. We've been getting a lot of uh, Facebook um, Yeah, we have been getting messages. a lot of Facebook messages. Here's, yep. So I just want to throw out a, a shout out to Jordan. What's and up, Jordan? Jordan's actually... In uh, in Manhattan. Yeah, he's How just right that? up the road. He's right up the road, yeah. So he was just like, I heard you guys talking about Kansas City and Derby, and I was like, what? These guys are in Kansas? And so... How did he uh, hear about the podcast? Didn't he well, yeah, here's what, I wanna, yeah. here's what I want to read. I was like, yeah, so how'd you find us? So here's what he said, and I thought this is really interesting. I found the podcast because I got tired of listening to the same one. Um, I love the... We're just going to throw it out there. I love the Simple Theology podcast, but I wanted something new. I looked up Christian Podcast on Spotify and scrolled past the Joel Osteens and Joyce Myers because I wanted some meat. Mm. <laughs> mm. That's hilarious. So I saw your logo in the title of the podcast, Salty Dogs, and I'll give it a shot because I'm guessing that the name was based off how we're the salt of the earth. Uh, definitely not. No, we are not the salt of the earth. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess 
really we are, right. but we're not. Yeah, we're we're the uh, sodium <laughs> sodium K nine. So sodium K nine. He says, "I saw uh, Love versus Religion. It was interested." Uh, played it and loved how you had talks on interpreting scripture and uh, applicable stuff to life. And so, anyways, he said he's a sponge trying to soak up and learn and apply whatever he can. And uh, he, he's uh, like, yeah, I'd love to continue to pick your brain if I have questions regarding ministry and life. And so I just want to let you guys know that I said, yeah, absolutely. We are totally open to back and forth and questions and comments and all that stuff. Yeah. You and do so, a really you do a really good job of engaging with people whenever they yeah. they message. Sometimes I'll chime in and say right. something. Yeah. But so, you do a really good job of that. Right. So from now on I'm gonna say if you want to get to me, you gotta go through Joel and Joyce. I like what? that. I like that. Yeah. That's nice. I thought I had you guys on standby for laughter. What's happening here? I didn't think that was so funny. That was the oh, point, though. You were I supposed told to laugh. you you're supposed to laugh. Oh dang, oh, I forgot. You we totally need one of those signs. It. Yeah. So there was you, you got something for Jordan, man. You know, Jordan. You know, I laughed earlier. I, I have some some rosy, salty cheeks for you, but I just need you to know that your message wow. gave me rosy cheeks. So when you guys message us, it actually gives us rosy cheeks, and so in turn, I want to give your Rosy cheeks, some salt. You want to give the same that you've received, yes. kind of like the love of Jesus, and right. the grace of God. One hundred percent. That was a total Christian movie. Yeah, that's give, what we do. Giving away now, what you get. Now, I will say this, Jordan. Once you get to the very controversial stuff that people don't want you soaking up as a sponge, that good little Jesus sponges don't soak up. Uh, <laughs> lean into it and just listen. And we would love to have a conversation. And that goes for everybody else too. You know, I think that it's really easy for people to agree with and keep listening with things that they 100% agree with. Um, but I would encourage you when you hear something that you don't 100% agree with, do not turn it off. <laughs> right. Stay in there and stay uncomfortable stay and, in the game. and listen to it, you yeah, know, and for sure. And go to Jesus with it and go, Jesus, it's, what do you think about this? It's like having wet socks. You can't like take your shoes off and dry your feet till you get home. Right, you just so kind of no have point to just trudge take, through it. Yeah. So, like when you listen to our episodes, it's like having wet socks, but just keep them on, and uh, it'll it'll all be better soon. It'll all be better soon. <laughs> so check it out. Kansas City Wichita connection is happening tonight. It, boom. We've got Joe Clausen and Kyle Walker on the podcast. What's up, guys? Evening, gentlemen. What's going on, fellas? What is cracking? So excited to have you guys. Uh, so Kyle Walker is with Walking with God. It's a, a live podcast on Facebook, and you guys just got your audio back out to iTunes and Spotify and those places, right? Yep, we did. We're on all the places you can find your podcast. Uh, we go live on Facebook every Tuesday night, and then uh, afterwards we record the shows and get them sent out there. But yeah, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn. We're... Uh, uh, let's say YouTube, and then of course the website. So we are everywhere. You get all your podcast. Yeah, awesome. Just I was gonna say, just promo the whole thing, man. And then again, people at can the go end. look you up, go to Facebook, like them, do all that fun stuff, and then I'll oh, yeah, be yeah, the bringer yeah, of the likes. That's uh huh. Yeah, see payback. <laughs> I, I brought the likes earlier. That's uh, right. So yeah, no, we're on Facebook. If you go to your little search bar and type in at wwgkw, so walking with God, Kyle Walker, that our page will come right up. Give us a like. And then the website is 
walkingwithgodradio.com. You see how he slipped into his podcast? Oh my gosh, it was beautiful. I loved it. It It's just just like pastor voice, too. Oh, it's like Chris going on stage. Do it. You got to do it for us, Chris. Okay. All right, here he goes. uh, Actually, let's do this. No, pull youth. No, 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 no. I will do it. I will do it. No, hold on. No, I'm not doing the youth pastor voice. That's a whole I was going to do like a whose line it is is it anyway No, but I do want you to do this, though. I do... I don't know what happened there. Your live stream was stopped remotely. I'll go mess with it. Okay. Hey, but I do want you to to give me a scenario of a church announcement. Like, Joe, you give me one. Like some upcoming event. Give me an upcoming event. Oh, dude. All right. So we have a... We have a blood drive coming. Okay, I got it. Boom, that's it. That's all you got to say. Here he goes. Here's my here's my turn. Watch him. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hope you guys are having a fantastic Sunday morning. I am so glad and thankful to be in the house of the Lord. Hey, I just have a couple of quick announcements for you guys this morning. I want to let you know two things. We're so thankful that you're here. If you're a first-time guest, go ahead and reach behind your, uh, your chair and grab your Connect card. Go ahead and fill that out. We want to celebrate and be thankful that you're here today. Second announcement that I have for you is that we have a blood drive happening right after service today. And so, you know that Jesus uh, died on the cross for us. He shed his blood so that we can have life. And I just want to let you guys know that if you want to be like Jesus, you need to, you can also give life today. We uh, just encourage you guys to go out there. If anything, you get a free cookie and uh, and you can do that. Maybe they'll give you one of those squishy ball heart things. Anyways, thank you guys so much for attending service today. Pastor Mark is going to come out here and deliver an amazing word from God. I'm going to pray here right now and we're going to jump into this message. Boom. Boom. That's my pastor voice. Dude, that was impressive. <laughs> I Now, here's the problem. He He said something. Jason said something earlier. He said something about a youth pastor voice. And so I'm I will not. not. Let, oh, come on, dude. No, Serna. Come on, dude. It, you, you've got to do this. We're here. Do I need uh, to but it was, it's not even a real make? thing. It's more of like a, like a, there was, okay. Care. So there was a youth pastor at um, a really big church in Dallas. And so he kind of had this. Just this, here with my smoking hot wife. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, you gotta have the smoking the, the hot smoke wife. And hot wife thing. It's a thing for pastors. They always got to call oh, out their smoking hot wives. I did it once with Lara, and I feel really bad about it. But did anyways, she call I, you out on it? <laughs> no, she didn't. She did not. She was just probably so embarrassed that I would do that. Are we still live? Because our our stream crashed. Yeah, and it, I had to it restart crashed, it. but he's restarting. We're, it, we're it'll it'll come now. back up. We're back. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. but that one just goes. Uh, I don't even want. Why did we even do that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to do the youth pastor voice. So let's talk about. I'll do it off air. How about that? All right, man. I'll do it off air. Just one thing you forgot to announce. When everybody came in and sat down, there were three connect card or uh, three inviter cards on their seat, and so we're supposed to pick those up and pray over who we're inviting next. No, no. But this was the these were the announcements. Before the message that comes after the oh, message. Oh, it comes later. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, I'm rusty, bro. It's right. been a little while. Well, I, I still got it strong as, as yeah. day, man. Rust, I, rusty and salty. It's a, you know, that's where rust comes from. Right. Yeah. So, right. all right. So let's, wow. let's paint a little bit more. <laughs> Kyle, he's like, he's like, I'm it's so like, gl- What have we? He's like, Joe, into? let's never be like these guys. Let's Ever. Just, <laughs> let's just not go there. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how we're all connected. And so, Chris, you start because you know Joe, and I met Joe because of you. Right. And then I met Kyle because Joe posted something about Kyle, and then I reached the out. The connection just started. And, and yeah, so. So, so yeah, Joe, I've known you for, I mean, it's been two years now? 
I think it's about two, two years. years. Yeah. Yeah. So I met Joe um, through a connection at a very large church that he worked at in the Kansas City area. Um, he was serving under and being led by an amazing guy, a guy named Phipps. And uh, and so, anyways, there was the connection there. We had um, our church that we had planted. We had gotten really connected into this thing called Disciples Made. It's an amazing uh, tool to help. Um, basically move people past just doing a book study and engaging, you know, in, in other aspects of discipleship. And so, uh, anyways, that's where I met Joe and, uh, and we just, I mean, we hit it off. He's a super friendly guy. It's hard to, to not hit it off with you. And, um, man, some of my favorite times is that first year we, we got really bad at it the second year, partly because I was absent half of that second year of the cohort. Um, but the first year, I mean, we would go out to lunch, you know, every time I would go out there after the, the cohort and we'd talk about all sorts of stuff. We'd talk about life and ministry and, and, you know, all sorts of things. And so there was a connection and a friendship that was kind of born, um, there and so uh, he started listening to our podcast and you know and then I I knew that you had a why don't you talk to us about your connection with Kyle? Sure. Yeah, so um, in the in the world of the internet, Kyle and I were Facebook <laughs> friends before we actually met. Yeah, yeah, that's and how it so, works. Uh, he attended he attended the church that I worked at, mm-hmm. and uh, we were Facebook pals. And I remember he strolled up to where I was doing something for small groups. And I reached my hand out and introduced myself. And he goes, you know, we are Facebook friends. <laughs> and and I'm like, well, dang. Um, how, how, bad, how dumb did you feel? Well, we all know very, Facebook is life. So if we know um, someone on Facebook, we're supposed to know them in real life. That's the expectation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And then um, <laughs> Facebook is life. And then we kind of right. we, we kind of bumped into each other a few times yeah. through, uh, for a little bit. And then Kyle went through the, the first kind of thing that I kind of journeyed with him through. He had a. He had a surgery, yeah, um, yeah. and had had an uh, aortic valve put in. Oh, so man. what happened in uh, in 2016? I went through two open heart surgeries. Goodness, and, holy moly! Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just just got past you have three two years hearts? with my. I do. I have two. Um, okay. Because I just I love that hard. <laughs> <That's> no, <great. laughs> I want hard. you to love me hard. Yeah. De- no, de- oh, watch oh, yourself now. Easy trigger. Wow. <laughs> kind of this kind of this kind of show. Woo, woo. <laughs> Normally we go off the rails on our Whoa, show. Oh, Nelly. Uh, yeah. So no. Um. Before I went in for my first surgery, uh, a representative of the church that I attended showed up, and it was Joe. And, uh, yeah, that's what a yeah, what a good one to have show up to. He drew the or, short straw that day for the hospital yeah, visit. Yeah. Dude, I, I flat volunteered for that one, so oh, good. it's all good. There you go. But yeah. then. But then I did what every good pastor does is after a guy has heart surgery and they're trying to get him to eat healthy, I brought him tacos. Nice. Um, no barbecue. Barbecue. You I brought, brought barbecue because we're in Kansas City. So what's heart, better for your heart, heart than healthy. ribs? Right. And um, You mean so, like heart soul, not heart physical. Yeah. Yeah, both. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good for all of it. It was <laughs> Those were darn good ribs. Yeah, I brought him ribs and, and yeah. French Hey, he didn't fries. tell you those were actually and, human ribs and cannibal. <laughs> Well, it, it is, but it's all right. That guy had it coming. Um, and uh, and then shortly after that, Kyle had his second heart surgery. Yep. Because, well, the first one wasn't good enough. Yeah, no. Well, anything worth doing is worth doing twice, I guess. Goodness, and man. so, yeah, rough times. Um, and then through that time, we got to know each other a little bit more. And I invited Kyle into a um, followers in, made that I was leading. So a disciples made group. Right. And we got to know, we got, we got to spend more time together and it, it kind of, you started coming to the followers made 
out of a desire to have a, a fireside group, which Chris, yeah. I know you're very well familiar with. Yes. Um, We've talked about fire firesides a little bit. That, that is prime was primarily for divorced dudes. Yeah. And, and so I was like, Oh, that's awesome. And then you can, you know, come and do the followers made stuff with us. And we had a, a small group, but a we fun, did. but a good group. It was. And, and um, dude, I'm going to kind of let you take it from there because that's <laughs> when all this other stuff kind of kicked off. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let, me, let me just interject real quick. Cause I think you're about to dive sure. into kind of the reason we're having you on. And the, the entire topic is um, you know, Kyle with his uh, podcast and everything that he's doing, just kind of going through some stuff in his life. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're, we're titling this divorce and restoration. And so you have a pretty amazing story, obviously lots of hurt and pain, but nothing the Lord couldn't uh, redeem and restore. And so, um, I do appreciate you coming on and telling that story right? so it, openly and, and humbly and, uh, just being vulnerable in that, in that regard, because I know that, I know that's where it's going to go. So have at it. If we're, if we're ready, we'll, we'll dive in, dive in. Uh, li- listeners to my podcast might've heard this story once or twice or three times now. Uh, so back in 2010, uh, I got divorced uh, a divorce that was not my idea at the time I had two children well still two children but their ages then were three years old and about eight months old oh man so all pretty very young. fresh yeah right after the birth of my second daughter I have two girls uh and like I said it was it was a divorce that was not my idea it's not something I really saw coming down the pipe uh come to find out it was due to an extramarital situation with mm. co-workers so that's what led to the divorce and uh you know, at that time in 2010, I, I will freely admit to anyone who will listen to me that it was when I was farthest away from God. You know, I had my wife, I had my kids, I had my house, I had my Harley. I'm like, man, you know, I, I did all this. This is this is all me. And so the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Dude, I didn't know you had a Harley. <laughs> I did. I That's did. awesome. Oh, it was. It's <laughs> uh, so, a root word, a harlot, so it's a good thing you got rid of it. <laughs> no, Harley. Harley, as uh, in the motorcycle. Right, a harlot. He likes to throw that. Yeah, <laughs> all you pastors. I know. Now, it's, so, uh, I spent two years post-divorce in a very bad situation with uh, depression and substance abuse and just things and places you really don't want to find yourself. And uh, it was actually in 2012 when two good friends of mine who you know kind of knew of my struggles. They basically came to my apartment, scooped me up and said, hey, you're going to come to church with us. Oh, man. I was thinking, ah, this seems like a terrible idea because big man and I, we are not, we're not jiving right now. We're not on the same page. But they took me and I listened to one sermon from Pastor Dan, Mm -hmm. good, good friend of Joe's. And it was one of those moments. And I I think basically anyone who's been to church on a semi-regular basis or at all had the moment where the pastor's talking and you feel like you're the only one in the room. Like right. he was, he was talking directly to me that day. And, uh, that was when I decided that I needed to, uh, write my own ship and get back to the church. And so I went to the church where Joe was working and tried to plug myself in. And again, it, it, it was a process. It was a right. healing process because man, I was dealing with so much pain uh, from what had happened to me. And uh, yeah, I mean, it took, it took years to, to finally come out of that fog and to decide to get plugged in and to um, yeah, try and heal really. And so like Joe was saying, I went through the followers made and my whole idea was I'm just going to, I'm going to lead a fireside group. 
because I've, I've been through the junk with divorce and I know that there are men who are struggling. And a lot of times we, as men, we don't want to, we don't want to acknowledge that we're hurting. We don't want to let people know that we're in pain, but I just wanted it to be a place for people to go. And so while the, the fireside didn't take off, other opportunities presented themselves. And it was the opportunity I was given two years ago to start my own show. And I wanted it to be a show for guys going through divorce. And it was, and it was great. And people really liked it. And then the women kind of chimed in, well, hey, you know, what about us? Okay, so now it's for everyone going through divorce. Right, and right. Then, and what about us, married folks? You know, talk about marriages because I think people who have been through divorce have a unique understanding of marriage because yeah. we've seen how it can all go wrong. And so we've kind of expanded. And so over the course of two years, the show that we do up here, of which Joe is my regular guest, uh, I'm sorry, has really. <laughs> kind of uh, evolved from a, a show for divorced men to this all-purpose variety act that we do now every Tuesday night. A dog and pony show. Oh, uh, it is definitely that. <laughs> who's the dog and who's the pony? <laughs> We're not answering that question. Can I interject just a little? Yes. Please. So, so one of the things you said, Kyle, that was that – I've heard you say before is that you, that people who have been through a divorce have a unique perspective yeah. on, on marriage. But the thing that I've gathered from you in, in and listening to you and being around you when you're talking with other people mm -hmm. is, is that you, all, you place, you seem to place a higher value on marriage than a lot of married folks that I know. Absolutely. Because you don't take it for granted. Correct. And uh, that's what I attribute to the failure of my marriage. I mean, yeah, it's real easy to say it ended because of, uh, because of the affair. Uh, that my ex-wife had. Well, you know, marriages fail before they get to that point. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I will say that my a number one crime was taking my my marriage, my wife, my whole situation for granted. That that was my crime in in the marriage, and it's a big one. How, I mean, it, if we can just big. dive into that, how would you, when you look back, how would you say, what were the things that you did or didn't do that? you say, okay, I, I didn't take it or I took it for granted. Like, how would you explain that? I remember a conversation I had with a coworker when I was, you know, in the middle of my marriage and, you know, no, no problems on the horizon that I knew of. And I said, you know, that I, I was married. She was kind of stuck with me. So I could kind of just do what I wanted at this point, you know, whether right. it be, you know, I, maybe I wasn't working out as much as I should have been, or maybe it was one too many nights out drinking with the boys or, you know, uh, not going to her family's event Oof, or yeah. not going to church because I wanted to play a round of golf. You know, there there's all those things that in hindsight, hindsight being what it is, oh, they were bad decisions on my part. So so less give and more just take, 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 take. There was a lot of take. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. And, and again, I, I'm married. You know, we're, we're in this thing now. We've got the house and we've got this, you know. We've got our house payments and we've got the kids. We've got our cars. You know, we're, we're so tied together. You know, that's not going to end. Living because the American dream. American dream, death the road, baby. That's but right. that's not going to end because, <laughs> you know, I'm playing an extra round of golf. Right. And I was proven incorrect. Yeah. So just that kind of in the vein of, you know, what we're trying to talk about here today, like obviously divorce is a very devastating thing. Um, it takes a toll on people in ways that obviously I have no understanding. Um, I don't know yeah, what I'm it's glad. like, um, you know, especially then with kids and possessions and all of that. And so, 
Um, we're, we're talking about this in the light of the restorative nature of God. And so to put that in simple terms, like, you know, God can, God can do anything. He's bigger than anything that we go through and he can give back things that were lost joy and he can heal wounds and pains and that kind of stuff. And, and so maybe, maybe just paint that picture, that journey of going down that, that dark road. But then when the Lord really started to kind of turn things around for you. Well, I mean, the first the first turn was an absolute 180, and it was the first time I went to church and listened to the to the sermon. Uh, and I mean, that's where I I knew I had to turn myself around. And it was not like I said, it was not an easy process, and it was not a quick one. But by getting plugged in to the church, like I I did my best to do. Let's say I was a a big piece of the singles ministry when it was going. Yeah. Um, did the followers made? worked on the production team. Uh, I think there was some other stuff that I was, I was trying to do there. So you just kind of dove in, you surrounded yourself with dove into some community. Absolutely. And you know, I know it's, it's so easy to say, and it sounds like such a no duh kind of a thing, but when you're plugging yourself in with, you know, Christ followers or people who want to do the right thing, you know, it's, it's not as easy to, to, you know, go home and crack open a bottle. Yeah, right, because right. you know that you've got these people who care about you and these people who are honestly starting to maybe expect a little bit better behavior behavior from you. Um, our followers made group. I mean, someone actually called me out one time saying, dude, you drink too much. You're, you're out too much. And they weren't wrong. But it's that accountability that uh, made a really big difference. Right. And, and you're, you're getting into a little area that, I mean, we might camp out at just for a couple minutes, but, you know, one of the things that I think Followers Made does really well is that it gets you into a group with other other guys, and you begin to, uh, you meet weekly, and there's a portion of the evening of the meeting together where you're you're talking about how your week went before. Hey, here's, you know, here's how you, you know, here's how you can pray for me, here's what I did well, here's what I didn't do well, these, these things that you go through, and so there's this trust that's built there. And so I know we've had conversations before about um, calling people out on right. things, <clears throat> excuse me, calling people out on things. Talk to me a little bit about Kyle pre, how Kyle, you know, pre, you know, this church service and encountering God and, you know, God transforming you, receiving something like that, or even pre being in relationship with someone to getting that straight out black and white, hey, you drink too much, to somebody that you know that cares about you and from somebody that you know that cares and loves you. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like, what's the difference between those two things? Oh, between... Uh, How would you have handled it before? Right, How would I have yeah, I'm bad at English that? sometimes. Ah, fair enough. We all English well, but Yes, you know? yes. How would you have taken Good. that before versus, you know... Afterwards, when you had people that you knew cared about you, it wasn't this religious thing. It was like, "Hey, we care about you." Yeah. Oh, oh, before I just I would have been done with them at that point. I mean, it would have just been end of association. Uh, Yeah, I'm. It's not like I'm going to sit there and try and get in some kind of bar fight. Like, oh, you want to throw down? No, I just I would have been done. They would not be speaking into my life anymore because for the longest time I was I felt I was the foremost expert on how my life should be and how it should go and. you know, the decisions that I make and kind of to heck with what everyone else thinks. Right. Uh, that is absolutely how it would have been before. It would have been defiant. Um, but after the fact, when that happened in that meeting, I don't know. How did I respond? I know I was surprised. Yeah, I know. I was sitting in the room at that time and kind of mm-hmm. just watching. And and there was uh, 
there were like three levels of response that I saw. There was this element of surprise, like, yeah. hey, wait a minute. Whoa. And then you can see that it, it kind of started to sink in. Yeah. Because you your your posture changed, like your physical posture changed. And then it became almost like grateful that someone would would have the backbone to say something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's a fair assessment of the situation. And again, because of that trust that was built uh, with those guys over the course of 12 months, that was a 12 month program. Six. Six. Oh, felt, felt like 12. Well, uh, you're forever. Hanging with, <laughs> when you're hanging with Joe, time, with Joe, time it doubles. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Amen. Yeah. Hey, so, so Joe, talk to me Is about it like that when he preaches. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what. long winded just kidding um Uh, but joe uh, talk to me a little bit about what you observed you know as kyle went from this i mean you saw him in probably some of his most hopeless moments to you know the 180 so talk to me about what you saw in his life and and kind of what you witnessed well i mean honestly like i said we were facebook friends before we knew each other correct and and so I saw two different things. I saw the 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 online version of Kyle uh, and, and the changes that happened there. Yeah. Um, and then I I saw like the public and and somewhat you know you can see Kyle and 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 see what began to happen there. And one of the things and I, and I can I we've talked about this before uh-huh. um, that um, when Kyle when I first met Kyle and he would talk about his ex wife. Uh-huh. I mean it. It was you could sense like the tension, like you could cut it with a knife, put whipped right. cream on it, and have it and have it for dessert. Mm. And um, yeah, I know, right? I was thinking about tater tots earlier, and it's just one of those things. Um, divorce tension, yeah, me divorce spud nuggets, divorce taters, yeah. <laughs> no spud nuggets, <laughs> spud nuggets. <laughs> so, so no, um, the but then as as he began to grow and began to lean further in, and I watched this happen. Uh, primarily during that six months yeah. of, of you engaging with, with, with other men and, and engaging with Jesus in a new way mm-hmm. where, where the, the, t- the tone of conversation from the beginning of that to the end of that, when it came to talking about, about your ex-wife, it, it, it changed. I mean, there was yeah. still a frustration there, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't a frustration that, that it was frustration, not fury. Yeah. Is, that's yeah. the right. best way for me to, and and now yeah. when we have conversation, I mean, I know that there are still moments where it's where there there's where frustration rises. Sure, but it's it it there it, it always seems to be tempered with with a bunch more grace than I used to see. Yeah. So so the things that you began that you that you were receiving, you kind of started to flow out a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, which what which is um, which is a huge transformation thing. I mean. Cause the pain was evident. Oh, sure. When we first met. Yeah. And, um, and I know it's still there, but it's not as it it's, it's not as prevailing anymore. Yeah. And the one thing that somebody had told me once, and I I've hung on to this. So if you guys have any listeners that might be going through a divorce or a difficult situation, cause again, I have two kids. So a lot of my frustration is you're trying to co-parent with this other person. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What what I found to be so very true is treat it like it's a business relationship. My ex-wife and I are in the business of raising two daughters. You don't always like everyone you do business with, but you still have to conduct yourself professionally. And so that was that was eye-opening when I kind of got that analogy in my head. Yeah, 
sometimes I get frustrated with my business partner, right. but it's still a business relationship. And we are, we are in the process of trying to get two children into adulthood. Right. There's a bigger, there's a bigger, there's more at stake. You know, there's something bigger than yeah. just your frustration that's there. Absolutely correct. Yep. Yeah. My, my daughters take the cake when it comes to that. So <laughs> I'll do business with whoever I have to, to get them further down the road. So I have a question yeah. I want to ask. I just want to make sure you were. Nope. You go were for good. it. Okay. Have at it. So I want to talk a little bit about, or maybe go down the track, because it sounds like you had a very positive experience within the church um, involving mm-hmm. your divorce in the sense that you had people rally around you, come around you, love you, accept you, care for you. But I mean, I'm sure you have people that reach out to you, but what are some of the common misconceptions or maybe not even misconceptions as much of as much as like common actions or responses that people get from Christians or even church leadership when it comes to divorce? Did you feel like you encountered or hear a lot about like, oh, they treated me poorly or, you know, I was kind of the black sheep now or I, people turned their back on me or something like that? Uh, all everything you just said is absolutely true. So let, uh, let's go outside the church. I was in my close knit circle of friends. I was the first person who got divorced. Okay. So for all my still married friends, I was now the symbol of everything that could go wrong. So yeah, a lot of people just kind of slowly backed away. And this was, you said outside the church. This was outside the church. This was uh, even before my return to the church. So then I get to the church and yeah, I'm, I'm a single guy and I have two kids with me. And so many times I'm picking them up or people want to make conversation. Oh, where's your, you know, where's the mother at? Where, where's your wife for, you know, where's their, their mom? Why isn't she picking them up? So many times I'm asked, you know, where the mother is. Well, you know, I, I am a grown man who's fully capable of taking my kids to church yeah. without yeah. the help of someone else. So that would oftentimes be a little frustrating. Uh, the, the church that I attend, uh, has the word family in it and they definitely are geared towards the more typical view of families. And so it was kind of hard to get to, to really get accepted for a while, uh, just from people who don't know what to do with a divorced person. And a lot of people don't, they don't understand you guys, you're not divorced. You haven't been through it. And I'm glad, like, don't get me wrong, but, uh, yeah. And, and a lot of married people just don't get it. And again, I I'm instantly the symbol of what can go wrong. And so it's instantly, you know, back away. Uh, so there was, there was a little bit of resistance in the church. Now, once I got plugged in more, you know, there was a singles ministry for a while. I mean, that was good. Cause I met other people kind of in my boat, except they were mainly just single, not divorced. Right. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, it really connected well with the followers made because there was another guy who was going through divorce in there that helped a lot. Uh, because he and I, you know, went through a lot of the same issues and situations. So I was yeah. thankful that he was in there. Um, but yeah, and then another one, again, this is back to outside the church. And one of the reasons that I do this show is if you go and pick up 20 books on divorce from a bookstore, 18 or 19 of them are going to be written by women. And that's fine. I, I'm i sure they're great authors, but mm-hmm. in all 18 to 19 of those, who's the bad guy in this story? Right. It's the bad guy. The husband. It's the man. It's I I read so many books where, you know, oh, my husband did this, this, and this, and he's bad and it's evil. And, you know, I learned to do this to get rid of his memory or this, that, and the other. Yeah, you know, that and it's not always the guy. Right, right. <laughs> it's the guy. 
So yeah, there's a, you know, it's, it's very prevalent out there that the men are the bad guys, men are the jerks. And so, you know, there's, there's not as much help out there for guys going through divorce. I didn't have a whole lot. I couldn't find it in books. It was, you know, until I got back to the church, you know, before then I was just roaming around with nothing. Yeah, and nobody. I, mean, I guess just trying to, trying to survive, you know, trying to yeah. figure out what your new normal is and, yeah. and kind of what that looks like. You, you know, what's really, what I found to be really difficult. So when I uh, helped start a church uh, here in Wichita, the north side of Wichita, we're in a, just a very um, ethnically diverse part of town. Um, and of course, I, I mean, it's everywhere. I don't want to paint anybody in a bad light, but there were a lot of single moms. Um, mm-hmm. There were a lot of single guys who had kids who weren't married. Um, there were uh, people who, you know, had kids, but had broken relationships and they were like off in some other state. And there was some guys who were married with kids, but then had, um, kids from another marriage and another marriage, you know, one guy specifically like four kids, four women, you know, just, this was the kind of situation that I was coming across as a, as a new pastor. And so you're sitting there trying to counsel people. It's not like, Hey, I'm having a trouble with, I'm having problems with my wife. It's I'm having problems with my wife and my kids and my baby mama and my ex-wife and my other baby mama. And it's just this crazy situation. And you're just like, holy crap, how do you help these people? Right. Right. Like, right. How, how do, it's like, what yeah. do you do? Like, you know, you're at odds with your ex-wife. You're at odds with your current wife, you know, and you don't have a good relationship with your kid that is estranged or whatever. Like, it's just, in, right. I don't know that many ministries are really equipped to deal with that broken family or mixed family kind of situation, especially that mixed. Right. right. And then Kyle, you brought up even a really good point. You know, I think a lot of times when churches do a lot of things, I mean, they are geared towards the family, the the family oh, that yeah. is, you know, the husband, the wife, the kids, they're, they're going through it. And there's even, you know, maybe some kind of last-ditch effort counseling, you know, some counseling-type things that you can go through, like, hey, we're going to try to keep this together. But, you know, a question that I guess I have, and I, I, we can go down this route if you guys want to, but, man, how can the church be a better representation of Jesus when it comes to loving, caring for, equipping people who are single parents, who are going through divorce, who have gone through divorce? I mean, what is what does that look like? Because I feel oftentimes like it's like the church has, you know, taken people with just a different set of of challenge, life challenges that they've gone through and just put them in this like black box and just set them over here and they're like, ah, I don't know what to I don't know what to do with you. The Bible says this and it says that and it's like I think this yeah. is wrong, but I, I I don't know. And there's just like all this confusion. I feel like when it comes to what to do and how to love, you know, people who are hurting in one of the darkest times of their lives. Let, let me just say something up front. You know, I think the church has an easier, it's, it's an easier task or an easier ministry when you're dealing with people when they're already on the other side of the struggle. And mm-hmm. so they come in and they're like, you know, oh, I was a drug addict. I'm clean for two years and here's where I'm going. And they can kind of help move and guide that. But right. It's you, like, but for the I am's, not the but I for was. The the I am's, am. right. I am going through a divorce. I am a pregnant teen, that kind of stuff. It's, we're kind of like, ah, you know, what do we do? It, I mean, oh, it's almost like it. Never mind. Go ahead. I yeah, want to hear from you go guys. For it. Yep. Oh, no. I, I, this is kind of a 
well, funny looking back at it because uh, you guys both know Phipps. So I remember uh, I was at Westside one day uh, when you guys were all there. And uh, it I had found out that weekend that it was the first time that my daughters were going to meet you know, the guy, the, the guy that was on the other end of the affair who you know, was now is their stepfather. And I was a wreck, oh, an man. absolute emotional imagine, disaster. Man. And so I went after service, you know, because, oh, prayer partners are down at the front and, you know, and Phipps was down there. And I know that I unloaded just this complete mess and probably scared the hell out of them because mm. I, I'm, yeah, me, me upset is never a pretty thing, but I was just a wreck. But you know what he was, was he was there. He listened. He gave me all the words of encouragement that he could. He prayed and sent me on about my way. And that's about all that he could do right. with the uh, I am, because at that point I was a wreck. So I don't know. Now, if we're going to go more theology, that's you. <laughs> what, what can the church do? <laughs> or, yeah, or, so- or Joe, I mean, we can even set it up to what can they do. But even before that, I mean, what are some of the, I mean, there's a lot of people that go, nope. The Bible says divorce is bad. It's never an option, you know, and they'll just in that voice, just like that. Like, so, so that's, yeah. that's a very widely accepted stance. I mean, even, I mean, I've even heard stories. We've talked about this to where women have gone and approached deacon and church leaderships and said like, Hey, oh, I wish a deacon would, say I wish that a deacon me. would say that to me. Um, but, but to where they've said like, you know, this woman said, Hey, my husband's abusing me and I'm being beaten and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And it's really bad. And they said, well, are you respecting him? You know, and, and placing it back on her, and it's such a, okay. such a sucky, like terrible a, position and place to be in. Right there, right. I mean that, but but people then are going like, oh, this is your fault, or this is on you, or you can't, you know, you can't get a divorce. You need to stay in that situation. You need to pray for your husband or your wife or whoever. You know, like so. Let's just let's just dive right into that. Let's talk about that. Dude, what are some okay, of the yeah. misconceptions biblically when it comes to divorce? <laughs> Yeah, so here's the, here's the thing, and, and scripturally, and and the the Bible here, I think we have to just wrestle with this. The causes of a divorce are always sin. Yeah, but divorce isn't always sinful. I, I the causes of divorce are always sin. And when we look at when we look at this, you know, the scripture says adultery, unrepentant adultery. That's the avenue for for sin. But if we really look at what what adultery is, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's sleeping around on somebody, but it it's abandoning, right? That spouse. Right. It's abandoning the the vows that you placed, the vows that you stated before God and your friends and everybody else. It's it's abandonment. So so. What and 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 that whole idea of unrepentant and I'm you know I'm not willing to make the changes that are necessary for this not to happen again. There are things that whether it be a whether it be domestic abuse that's abandonment right. of the vows that you took before God and your friends and family. It it could be you know any number of things that equal the abandonment of what you said you would do are, and this, I, I will this is my opinion. Right. Okay. So we have to, we got to preface sure. this with, this is my yeah. opinion. So yeah. 
I'm going to um, I'm going to cut this as your official theological stance. Yes. And then we're going to we'll post it, it yeah. on your employer's <laughs> website this as is, the entire this church is. St- <laughs> <laughs> this is this is my opinion and the opinion do not always represent the opinions of the Salted Dog Christian Podcast. So <laughs> we ought to have that as a disclaimer at the beginning. You of see it really fast. All the voices are yeah. yeah. The opinions, you know, uh, start with that. The opinions of Joe do not always. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So if there is, if there is the unrepentant abandonment, right, of those vows. In my opinion, you are cheating on your spouse because you are placing yourself in their space. So if it's if it's abuse, if it's uh, any any kind of abuse, you know, if if, if it's verbal abuse, you know, physical emotional, abuse, you know, mental, all all that kind of stuff, all those things. If if you are if you do have a physical affair, if if there's if you have an emotional affair, if you're dealing with pornography, mm-hmm. abandonment right. of Spouse, yeah. right now. Here, the, the truth is, you said that yeah, they should be praying. You should be praying for right. your spouse. Scripture says, "Pray for those who persecute you." You know, I, I believe it. I pray for them, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that person hasn't abandoned what has been put in front of what what they said they would do. Right. You can't move forward with this that, that whole idea of what scripture calls it unequally yoked. Right, I right. think you get unequally yoked after you get married if one person decides I'm out. Right. Yeah. And so and I think that also goes with if it, it extends to if if and and I'll if if I'm married to I'm not if I am married to Belinda. Yes, you are. She's a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> good catch there, buddy. Amazing, an amazing mother. But if if something were to happen where my children become unsafe, she's abandoned part of our family, mm-hmm. and in the same sense, abandoned abandoned our vows. Right. And so, while while no divorce is a good thing, right? I there's there's I, there's. There's no such thing as a good thing divorce because of everything that has led up to it. Sin has what got you there. The abandonment of the vows that you took before God and family and friends is that's that's what adultery is. It's cheating on those vows, right. cheating on those vows yeah. in any way that abandons that. Sure, and, and right. Limp- unwilling to 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 move that direction they're doing a disservice and not protecting the flock that God has given them. Right. And listen, if, 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 if I hear of, of, of a pastor saying, no, you got to stick with somebody who's beating you because they're not cheap. They're not sleeping around. I'm going to, I'm going to beat the pastor. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be a, a, a smack. I'm going to just smack him. It's going to be done. Right. This is not the first time he's threatened a pastor either. I threaten pastors on this show all the time. Yes. You wish a but pastor would. I wish a pastor would. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, but here, here, here's, here, here's what will happen. So Luke 16, 18. 
Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery, and he who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery. 1 Corinthians seven ten through 11 To the married I give this charge, not I, but the Lord. The wife should not separate from her husband, but if she does, she should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. The, record sh- the husband should not divorce his wife. There's, I mean, multiple other scriptures here that go on, along with that too. And so what, I, what I'm trying to get at with that is that People will then leverage those and say, no, this is what the Bible says. Never, ever, ever. Divorce, never. Don't. Stay away. Paul said this, blah, blah, blah. Don't do it. And so I think Let- that that's where the some of the authority comes from when pastors who would say, or in, in cases like, you know, with the sad cases that we've heard to with, you know, a man or a woman approaching the church and trying to get advice, and they say, no, never, ever. Let, let me just ask the question, and, and I wanted to kind of paint this picture a little bit because... You know, I, a lot of times that I try and explain things, yeah, I look at Scripture, but it also says that we have the mind of Christ, which I think means we have the heart of God, or we can understand the heart of God, know the heart of God. And so when you start to look at a situation, and you, you say, what is the heart of a father towards that situation? He, mm-hmm. I feel like oftentimes, it, there's, you know, Jesus was perfectly full of grace and truth, and I think you're going to get that every single time. Um, but I think where we get, where we start to tread in dangerous ground, and careful, we have to, brother. I know we have to be careful. <laughs> is when we start like acting like there have been times where we haven't, or there aren't times where we have gone against the word of God and what the Bible says, right? So we're going to say, well, the Bible says no divorce and you got divorced. And so, you know, you're SOL or whatever, you've fallen out of the grace of God or what, whatever people might be saying. But how many times have you not done what the Bible says? You right. see, I mean, you're, ju- uh, you're, just a as, lot you're, ju- you're just as guilty as the next guy. Right. And so we start to put people on levels and you're like, well, you're divorced. And so that's just this terrible thing. And yeah, you're like, well, you're like, you know, do- uh, you're like murder, the worst you can do. And then there's like this, these levels that we've, you know, right. we've, we've ranked and, sin. And granted, there are different consequences and different things uh, that, um, yeah, just, um, situations that come about, right? Repercussions. Right. If I drop a pebble in a lake, it's going to be a small wake. If I drop a boulder in a lake, it's going to be a massive wake. And so it's the same thing with little things. And maybe I'm doing little things in my life and I'm causing a little bit of waves. Um, it's not as like major as if I were to separate or divorce from my spouse. You see what I'm saying? So I understand that. But what I'm trying to get at is like, you know, you could read all that and, and you say, well, this is what it says. It's black and white. But again, Joe, you go back and you ask. Do you think Jesus would look a woman in her face and say, you stay in that marriage and you get beaten, you take it like a champ? Well, and, and I, I 100%, I, I believe he would not. And, and so, um, right, I'm with you. So you got to ask those questions and you have to and ask wrestle with that. And, and, you know, it's, it's one of those neat things. And one of the things that I've run into in conversations with people who have said there's, you know, they'll, they'll go back and they'll talk about the Old Testament. And they'll talk about, you know, that says this and this and this and this and this. And it's like, okay, but, and my, one of my favorite things to do is always go to Ezekiel 34, uh, sorry, Ezekiel 43 
where it says, hey, but our responsibility is to is to shepherd the flock that's been given to us. And and Ezekiel 43 talks about how if we don't shepherd the flock that's been given to us and we send them out into the wolves, which is exactly what you're doing if you're sending someone home to an abusive spouse, you're sending them out to the wolves to be trampled and, and hurt, then, then that makes us the enemy of God. And that's not somewhere that I want to be. Right. You know, and so what's our, what's our primarily primary responsibility as a church? Our primary responsibility as a church in, in is, is to, is to shepherd folks and, and walk them as much as we can closer to Jesus so that they get to know his heart because he's the only one that can really rescue. Right. And if we're doing things, create a boundary between them and their ability to walk closer to Jesus, then we're doing a disservice. And I don't want to be on the wrong end of that right. whole deal, that whole I, being God's enemy. That's not where I want to right. find myself. I, I think something that you said earlier really paints the picture. Cause again, I'm just going back to this whole God's heart thing. Well, what is God's heart? Well, it's also that what he's put together, let no man separate. So his his desire, I believe his hope is for reconciliation and redemption 100%. and for marriages who are on the chopping block and have gone through it. I believe he could resurrect that. Right. So it, he much. could take something that died and he can bring people back together. There's tons of stories about people who've gone through divorce and years later, the Lord changes their heart and they come back together and they, you know, they honor that and the Lord does that. But again, that unrepentant, but he, but he also doesn't though. He, I mean, doesn't he does also, but he right. also doesn't. But I but, feel like for the church, they always lean in on the th- this other. Like he's going to, he can, he will. Like oh, instead of you know, sometimes it doesn't happen. But again, what it right. takes is the it takes the repentant heart, and what that means is like the changing of the yep. mind. It takes a person being actually willing to be different than the way they were when they were in a marriage that ended in divorce. It you have right. to have that. You have to right. And sometimes that change can only take place with a bit of separation. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, was, and honestly, that's, that's one of the things that I was going to get to, at least, you know, with you, Kyle, you know, from the sounds of what I've gathered from your story, you are in a way better place now post-divorce than you were pre-divorce that you've. Uh, see, if we're talking spiritually, spiritually. that's a hundred percent correct. Spiritually. Yeah. Yes. Uh, then yep, that aspect of, of being reunited with God and this relationship existing when you said it didn't exist. Now, I don't want to make any other assumptions about any other areas of your life, but at least when right. I was talking about that, like you are in this better place when, you know, when it comes to God, you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's bringing self-awareness uh, to you and saying, hey, Kyle, you know, it's this, this, and this. These are the things that you need to work on in your life. And it's, you, you go into this mode to where you're I mean, you're essentially going into this, Jesus is taking these these areas and these parts of your heart and beginning to shine a light and saying, hey, we're not going to, you know, we're going to take a lifetime to work on everything here, but we're going to take, you know, a piece at a time and we're going to begin to work on those things. Yeah, no, that's absolutely correct. Because like I said, when I was married, couldn't have been farther from God. Uh, and even before that, you know, I was I was one of those kids into teenagers. I, I went to church because my mother made me. I sat in the very back pew. I probably you know, doodled on the, the Sunday program, that, that was my relationship. There was, there was really right. nothing to, uh, other than I was required to go. And the moment that my mother stopped requiring me to go, I stopped going. And then that just went all the way into adulthood. Uh, I would only go to church if my wife absolutely drugged me there. 
normally I didn't want to, I would go if you know, maybe one of the kids was getting dedicated or you know, whatever the case might be. Maybe Christmas or something going on. Yeah. yeah you know, maybe Easter, but I really didn't want to. And so, yeah, no, I, I couldn't have been farther from it for basically all my life until post-divorce. And it, was, it wasn't until two people drug me there. And I'm sure I was kicking and screaming at that point too. But then just, I had that moment that that moment was all it took to, to really turn the whole ship around. And yeah, it's going to be a lifetime process of shining that light onto the parts of me that need the work. Like that's never going to end. Yeah. I, I, I just, I was thinking about, you know, we, we kind of got on this whole right and wrong topic, like, right. When is, when is divorce okay? When is it not okay? And that kind of thing. And, and I, I tend to sometimes try and shy away from those kinds of conversations. Um, but anytime we have this kind of a right and wrong situation, I always go back to this story about the woman caught in adultery because she was obviously caught. She was guilty. So here you have this woman who was caught in adultery, the Pharisees, teachers of the law, the religious There was people. law in it's place. Like the, it's like the pastor walked in on him and said, oh, here she is. I caught her. What are we going to do? And they're like, okay, well, what does the Scripture say? What does the Scripture what does yeah, the law what does the law say? say? What does the law say? What's black and white? So they go to the law, and then they ask Jesus, and Jesus is like, well, if you don't have sin, cast the first stone. They all leave. So they can't do what's black and white because it's not about what's black and white. If it was, Jesus would have just stoned the woman himself. Right. And so there's this... In the way I put it, there's this like higher level of thinking that where where love rules and love reigns. Like Jesus obviously says, I don't condemn you, but go and leave your life of sin. So whatever led you to that point, and you said divorce always happens because of sin. So whatever yes. led you but, there. And then, but then he said also not every divorce is a sin. Right. That was the second part of that. Sure, yes. yeah. But the sin that led you there, repent of that. If your sin led you there and it caused a divorce... It's a it's a consequence of the sin, but the Lord still wants to not condemn you yes. in your sin and call you and help lead you away from that and transform you and regenerate you, redeem you, right? And so I think we have to think about the re, the restorative nature of God because what's happening is when, you know, we can get into this, but Jesus yeah, says... Yeah, this is the direction I kind of wanted to move in talking about restoration yeah, right. So there's always, I mean, it's God's nature to redeem and restore. And so even if for some reason you made a stupid decision or you did something that ended in divorce or whatever, maybe it's your fault. Maybe you decided that or whatever. It's not about the right or wrong. It's about what do you do after it's been done? Because mm-hmm. I think the last thing people need is guilt and shame, right? Like, you know, I, I know because of in in the past, the way that I've had issues with lust and pornography and that kind of stuff, there's been a lot of shame through all of that, but I don't need somebody like heaping a guilt trip on me. Right. Believe me, I know the darkness. I hate it. I don't like the way that makes me feel. I don't, I don't need more guilt and shame to try and turn me around. I've lived in that and it does no good to resurrect me from the death of that sin. Right. And so I think it, it's just important to talk about what does God want to do with the divorcee, right? And I think that's where your testimony plays a big part, right? So it's not, you may have gone to God and, and, and for whatever thing you had to repent of, you repented. But again, how the Lord has brought you through that. It's not that he just stamped you as damned for right. eternity because 
you were defective, you know, def- it wasn't like yeah. this defective. Oh, let me throw them in this pile over here. Yeah. So I just, man, I just want to harp on that because it's like, what do you do with that person? Right. What do you do with the woman who's been caught in adultery? What do you do with the women who, the woman who has had an abortion and is weeping and broken because of the decision that she made? Do you condemn her because she did what was wrong according to the word of the Lord? Or do you meet her with the heart of the Father and do you love her through that and restore her gently, loving her, caring for her, nurturing her, um, f- shepherding her like you've talked about? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, yeah. I just have to say that. So, well, I think it's important. And, you know, there's this thing that I've been wrestling with lately because, you know, there's been some stuff kind of going on in my, in like the periphery of my life where, where I've, I've found myself like praying for people with gritted teeth, (laughs) you know, I don't really want to do this. And, but I think that one of the things that I've been learning in this process is something that we have to, is, is is that we have to remember. And, and I've been learning this through the story of, you know, of Lazarus, you know, they, Jesus is going to see Lazarus. Uh, Lazarus is dead. He, Jesus shows up and and Mary, Mary and Martha meet, meet Jesus. And, And they don't lead with like, Hey, where in the heck were you? They lead with, the one that you love has is is gone. The one that you love is dead, and and it wasn't even like, hey, Lazarus. Remember Lazarus? You know, you were like supposed to love him. No, they, it's it was like a foregone conclusion that the one that you love. And so there's this element of 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 remembering that every person that we run into, it it doesn't begin with like it's Kyle or it's Jason or it's Chris or it's Joe or it's or it's John Paul, George, or Ringo. Um, <laughs> it, it begins with the one that Jesus loves. Right. And, and so to, to circle back to, you know, the question you asked earlier, which is like, how should the church deal with mm-hmm. it? I think it begins with mindset. It begins with posture, the posture that this is the one that Jesus loves. Yep. And, when we talk about when we talk about family, we can't talk about just the nuclear family. It's this totality of people who are who 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 are called by Christ and called beloved, because their identity is the same. Their identity is we are His, and their identity isn't anything else. It is that we are His, you know. And so, and anything short of it, anything short of leading with the one that you love and then messing with, okay, if Kyle walks in and, and it's Jesus, the one that you love, you know, Kyle and, and his girls, it puts you in the right mindset right. to approach somebody and not have to go with that condemnation, that con- condemning tone or that guilt. Yeah. Right. Right. I, you know, I was typing down some thoughts since we we're kind of talking about restoration and I, I tend to think that, you know, because I've had these thoughts when, when I was in church leadership before, it's kind of like, Oh my gosh, they have this issue, you know, whether they're living together, we got to get them married, or if they're on the brink of divorce, we got to we got to restore the marriage. It's like w- w- I have felt the pressure to focus on the status, right? Like like yeah. their marital, their relationship status and it's like let's get this right because if there's any appearance of evil, then then we're going to, you know, Sister Susie's going to get all pissed off and then she's going to come talk to us and complain and then we got to address it and all this kind of stuff. And it's just, it's like church politics when really, actually, I would argue that God cares more about your identity in Him and and your heart than He does your marital status. Actually, you know, when you get into this situation, at least I'm 
basing this some of this off of your story, Kyle, and what we've heard a little bit about you, you know, with you being in this place that was hopeless, hard, very difficult to be in, uh, and then you get in this other place, it's almost like you you got nothing to lose, you know, almost like it's like you are almost more receptive. Your spiritual antenna was straight up to be able to hear from God. And so in this and where you're at, God is is working on your identity, who you are in Christ, your heart, all of this is going on. And I and I feel like if if the church would focus on that with everybody your heart, your identity, what Jesus wants to do with you instead of, you know, all of these other titles titles and statuses and what's going on on the outside and focusing on what's going on on the inside, it would it would better these other things. These other things it would overflow and these other things would get better as a result of your personal identity and personal right. heart. Can I can I speak to that real quick or I know Joe had something wanna, he wanted to say. Oh, go ahead, Joe. I do, but I'll wait. Okay, so Christopher, you said something and you probably made a bunch of people flinch by saying it. Pissed off? No, flinch. Uh, no, 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 no. No, when I thought said, that was when I said pissed I, off. I think God cares more about your identity in him than he does your marital status. Yeah. Um, so I hope people I, flinched. I want to confirm that because here, here's the way I've put it before. Like I, There's a scripture that talks about us being um, predestined in Christ to be conformed into his likeness, right? Before the foundations of the world, um, we were we were predestined to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus. And so what that means in non-churchy terms is like the, the plan that God has for us is that our entire life um, points us in the direction of being transformed into how Jesus is. Right. Right? So like here's the image of who he is, Here's the image of who I am, and my entire life is going to be me moving towards that. Right. And so I think all sorts of life situations and circumstances are going to change, but the goal is always the same. Yeah. And so if you get married and then you get divorced, has the de- the destiny changed? No. It hasn't changed. It's always going to... Any, everything in our life is going to serve the purpose to get us into the image of the likeness of Christ. And so whether we have a spouse or we don't have a spouse, whether we have kids or don't have a kid... Yeah, or if know, we had those things at one point and then and didn't have them. And we don't them, have yes. them. And it's it's about developing that Christ-like character. And this is, I mean, fo- you know, followers may talk, but it, it's this idea of, you know... We are bec- we are to become more like Christ, and that's not something that we strive to do as much as it is, as it is the Holy Spirit bringing forth the fruits of the Spirit in our life. And when those are evident, we look like Jesus. Right. And then we well, obviously know the opposite. And so of I I had to say this to a friend of mine. I was like, I hate to even say these words to you because I know what you're going through right now. I, I actually don't. I don't know how much it sucks, but I can. It sucks. I see it on your face. It's terrible. It's the worst thing ever. But what if? At the end of your life, this marriage isn't restored, but you look more like Jesus, right? It, yeah. What if? And so I was going to say, you know, Kyle, better for you to be, I mean, this, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to say this, better for you to be separated from your wife, your, your last wife, divorced from your last wife, and in relationship with God than in relationship with your ex-wife and not in relationship with God? Uh, easy to say at this point. Um, sure, because that's how it's worked out. You know, who knows? Maybe 
when I was still married, there could have been a chance that I could have gotten both. Both, right. We'll never know. Right. And that's right. always the hope. Right. That's always the hope. So no, we'll never, we'll never have the answer to that one. So yeah, uh, it has certainly brought me closer in other realms, uh, being divorced. You know, there's, there's, there's no way to argue that. Um, couldn't say if it would have happened otherwise, it was certainly leaning towards right. no. And obviously but, we would all uh, hope that everything plays out hunky dory, right? Like I look at my sure. past and I, you know, I would like to have not been gotten, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, addicted to drugs and been in so many promiscuous relationships. Like I would right. like to have not done that stuff. Yeah. But my journey has led me here. And mm-hmm. so if I'm here, can I, I can regret that, but I can't live back there. Right. I have to look forward and say, this is where I'm at now. And this is better than where I was and praise the Lord. But I wish it would have all gone great. Yeah, <laughs> sure. It would have, would have been lovely, but We'll never know if that's how it was supposed to work out because life doesn't always work the road out. that we're on. Yeah. You know, there's something interesting that I grabbed from something that Casey said a few episodes back. And, and Jason, I think I shared this with you that I actually used this in a conversation with somebody. Right. But I think one of the mistakes that honestly, when you look at someone who comes in and is in that I am spot, you know, I am walking through this. I am going through divorce. I am in an abusive relationship. The church, this this is a mistake that the church makes and people of the church make, um, is that they let the subjective situation, um, they, they let the subjective situation define an objective God Oof. rather than an objective God define their subjective situation. Right. And I will say I stole that directly from Casey. Mm-hmm. And so. No, and, I heard it from you first, man. Yeah, no, no. Casey's not here to defend himself. Give him credit. Casey, Casey is totally getting credit for that, and he's got credit for it every time I've said it since then. Awesome. But he, but seriously, when the when the church looks at situation rather than the looks at a subjective situation rather than an objective God, then we become as we almost become an enabler of the situation, and. And that is a hard thing to say because I, I, I hate the fact that I've been that guy. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I've, right. And we have to be honest. I've been that guy. I think we're all four of us can sit here and say, we've been that yeah. guy. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, God is in the, we, we talked restoration. God's in the restoration business, but he's in the business of restoring people to him. That's the first and foremost, his, his first and foremost goal with restoration is restoring people to him. Right. Chris, you hit on it when you said it's restoring people to the light, to what he, what, what he says they are. Right. And, and if we can keep that in the, in, in context, then no matter what I am situation, people happen to be walking through that subjective, their subjective circumstances right. are going to consistently be defined by our, by, by the, by the objective God. Right. Another, um, go ahead. You, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, I've been thinking too about just this idea of restoration. I feel like a lot of people think that, that, well, if restoration is the restoration of marriage and then they are back together, married again, or take restoration in any area of your life, whether that is, you know, you were addicted to X, Y, Z. Now you're not like, and you can take any of it that, that our God, like restoring people is to not just get them to where they were before, but to take them even further than that. And right. and the distance that they go is more about like 
okay, this is where you were, and there's like getting to this point, but then going past it, and the thing that's taking them past it is looking more like Jesus. It's this, it's this moving more towards Christ-like character, um, and and that's where I feel like the restoration takes place. It's not just going back to where you were, because let's be honest, where when we were where we were before any of that stuff still started, we still it's had sin. Where we, we are, st- yeah. I mean, it, yes, it was the starting line to everything that that happened, and so I mean, it's about moving forward, and and so right. I, I say all that to say that you know we serve a God that like just doesn't want to take you back to where you were. It's like, it's even taking you further, but that doesn't necessarily look like an increase in status, an increase in wealth. It, all of these, you know, measurable things on earth as it does what's happening inside of your heart, who he's transforming yeah. you into be, and then the yeah. overflowing that happens as you become transformed. People become beneficiaries of, of the likeness of God pouring and spilling out of you. It's, Right. And so, anyways, that's. I just wanted to make that point. With restoration. It's not just about getting to where you were before, but God, Jesus, God's going to take you so much further than that. Um, so, so Kyle, let's talk a little bit about your impact then, because you've, you've, you started this show two years ago. It has kind of, it's or it has evolved. evolved over time. Yeah. And you just hit a huge milestone uh, last month or yeah. so. A million views. Yep. Um, yeah, one million views. You're, you're about to be yeah. vote. You're That's about amazing. to be voted the uh, the best local podcast in Kansas City. Oh, right? Yeah. Hey, who'd you have to bribe Finger, for that? Yeah, we're, we're going to. I'm going to stuff the ballot box. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. So just, I mean, talk about that. Chris said something that reminded me of something I've quoted before: is that um, those cl- in closest proximity to you are the immediate beneficiaries of God's work in your life. And so, oh, wow. um, who have you seen? be able to um, get God <laughs> from you. From Kyle Walker. Yeah, from Kyle Walker as as you've yeah. kind of journeyed through the divorce and, and now into your platform and what you're doing. Like, who's who's gaining from that now? Well, uh, it, it's I, I find it funny how this show came along. So, again, I was talking to Joe about starting a fireside, just meeting at a fire with a group of guys who are going through divorce. And as I'm planning this fireside, I see an advertisement for people looking for podcasters, which was something I never even never even crossed my mind. And I reached out to them and I said, hey, well, what if I did a podcast for divorced people? And they love the idea. And that's how this show started was just I saw an advertisement as I was trying to think of ways. As you were sitting on the toilet pooping on your phone, you saw this advertisement. I think I was blowing off work at that point and surfing Facebook. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he's been he's been wanting to say pooping for the yeah. whole night. I think, well, I mean, yeah. your whole story about just walking in poopy pee water and just I got poop on the. Come mouth. on, Kyle, come with it. <laughs> All right, man. That yeah. means, so, that means uh, shut up, Chris. Yeah, so that's how that started uh, again two years ago, and so I was with a. I guess they call themselves a radio station out of North Carolina, but I was doing this podcast. I was doing it here from Kansas City. Uh, they would feed my stuff out to various places. Uh, last year we decided to kind of go our separate ways. And so I had a decision to make on, you know, if I was going to continue on, you know, cause you guys know podcasting takes time. You have yes. to prepare, you have to, you have to get your equipment set up. You have to duct tape your webcam to the screen. <laughs> yeah, I keep was, having to adjust during the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. So I had to make the decision if we were going to continue on. So I talked to Joe and I talked to other people. Uh, who supported the show. I'm like, you know, is it worth it? You know, is this something you want me to keep doing? And it was a resounding yes. Uh, people who 
might be a, a little uncomfortable walking into a church have said that this show is their church. It is how That's they amazing. get their connection to God. It's, it's by listening to, to me. And I, I fancy myself just kind of a real person. You guys are the pastors. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm a rank amateur uh, podcaster. So, you know, I, the idiot with the microphone is what I call myself. But as long as people respond well to the show, as long as it helps someone, I will continue to do it. And gladly, I will gladly do this because I feel like this is what I was called to do. I was trying to figure out a way to help. And this was put directly in front of my face. I've always said that I want from God is that big neon light that says, Kyle, do this. Yeah. Well, this was about the closest thing that I ever got to it <laughs> nice. was when he set this podcast directly in my lap. Nice. And we run with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought, you know, this show is called Walking with God. It was actually named by the other people, not me, um, but it works. And I said, well, if I'm doing a show called Walking with God, I better have someone on who knows a lot more about God than I do. So <laughs> I reached out to Joe. Joe loved the idea. So he is my, I mean, it started as once a month, but anymore, it's, it's getting close to, you know, every three weeks or every two yeah, weeks. Whenever or, I show up. Yeah. Whenever he shows up. <laughs> um, but no, I know, I know that there are people who, uh, are, again, are too nervous to maybe talk to a pastor by themselves or to walk into a church because they feel, you know, just out of place there. Yeah. Well, I, I too have walked into a church and felt out of place. I can speak to that. So we'll speak about it here and people won't feel so out of place. So yeah. it's, it's, it's worked out well. And yeah, we passed over a million views. That's amazing. Um, I know there's that's some so podcasts great. that get a million per episode. Well, yeah, that's, that's not us. us. That's us. <laughs> I know that's you guys. We actually yeah. get 2 so million. I'm, I'm trying to ride the coattails here. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, the, uh, the, the pitch up here in Kansas city, which is a free newspaper that goes out every year. They do their best of Kansas city. Um, Somebody nominated me, uh, nominated you, our show for the best of Kansas City, best local podcast. Enough people continued to nominate us that we're now on the final ballot and voting starts on August 5th. It's legit, so, man. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. D- despite the craziness and, and the pain and all that, the Lord has really moved in, in your life, in your family, and now you have a platform to be able to share your story and help, yep. like you said, even just one person to if feel, I help one person per episode. It was more right, than worth it to feel comfortable to have some conversations they might might not be able to have somewhere else. Yep, sounds yep. sounds a little bit like what we do. I'm sorry. What'd you say? <laughs> I zoned out. I was thinking about something I was going to say. Thanks for listening to You're, me. I just listened to Kyle. I listened to everything Kyle said, and then you started talking, and I just. You're just saying that we have a platform. Kyle has a platform. We have a platform to be able to open opportunity for conversations right, yeah, that people yeah. may not feel comfortable having somewhere else. Yeah. And honestly, it's, it's worth, it's worth that. I don't know that you guys get as much pushback as we do sometimes. Maybe you do, but I know that you we know, don't get that much. We do no, we sometimes. Don't. Maybe it's just more than I think it is, but, but it's, it's worth it. Even, like, even if it was an elevated, let's say it's at 5%, let's say it was even at 60%, it would be worth it. You know, we believe right. in this just like you believe, you know, in the message that, you know, God's, God's given you. I think, you know, for us, it's just this space of conversations that 
most people aren't willing to step into, or if they're willing to step into them, they're locked in, especially Christians, on only one side. There's like this one view and this one take on it, and it's like, dude, we know how Jesus took with these one views. Like, they thought they had it. They, I mean, scripturally, they had it, but they, you know, in their heart, they didn't have yeah, it. Yeah, you've heard it said, but, I, but say, I say, you would think that Moses got it all wrong, man, based off of everything that Jesus said. You've heard <laughs> Moses said, but I say, you know, so anyways, but... um. If we, I know we're, we're probably getting ready to wrap up, but one of the things, or, or just one of the things I want to talk about, because just to get practical, like for the person who is struggling with like, man, I'm in this place, I don't feel like God has yet begun to restore me. Like w- what role can we play? What part can we play in the restoration process to like begin to move down that? Do we have a role? I mean, it, but you know, what does that look like for someone who is going through something um, very difficult um, because we believe that God wants to restore them, not just to where they were, but beyond that? How do they start that process? Ooh, that's that's not a loaded, difficult question at all. Why don't you tackle that one? I was going to be quiet and let you know. <laughs> gonna... you, you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> I mean, my initial mind goes to mindset and like, you know, kind of I don't even know, maybe just engaging with God and asking, you know, just telling him, Lord, I, I want to be restored. Like, Jesus, what what's my first step? What what do I do? I mean, I don't know if that's the Jesus Duke answer, and it's as simple as, God, what do I do? What do you I want to hear to from do? Pastor Joe? <laughs> I was giving him time to think. You were giving me time to think. I, you know, I think that, let me, let me make sure I'm understanding your correct, your, your question correctly. Okay, Chris. Yes. Um, are you asking like if somebody is in a help, it feels like they're in a helpless spot, what's a step that they can take or what's a step that like us as like representatives of the capital C church can take? Uh, I'm talking about the person specific. So I'm thinking, okay, so we'll just make this very practical. We've been talking a lot about divorce. How does the the person who is going through a divorce right now that is in a place of pain, that specific person begin to walk down the path of restoration yeah, I think I, I got this one. You, uh, let, let me start. Okay, so here's <laughs> he's like, I'm the pastor now. My, well, well, yeah, based off my own personal story, here's the thing they're not going to. They're not going to sit there and think, okay, what is my first step towards getting closer to Jesus? I say that because I didn't. Right. It was the farthest thing from my mind until two people drug me there. It was, uh, it was not, boy, I think I'll somehow stop drinking. I think I'll somehow stop hating everyone and everything uh, if I start getting closer to, uh, to Jesus. I didn't have that thought. Yeah, That thought did yeah. not enter this gigantic melon that I have on my shoulders. <laughs> it, it took people, it took two Christ followers to say, you know what Kyle needs? Kyle needs church. Kyle needs Jesus. We need to do something. So I think Joe was more accurate when he said, what do we, the four of us here, need to do for those people because they're not always going to come to you. I can right. guarantee. Right. Okay. So, so that, I, I mean, yeah, I that, I mean, that's us. a really good point. Yeah. There, there, yeah. there's probably more people, like you said, who wouldn't do that. You know, maybe there's, maybe I was thinking more from the, from someone who has already chosen to follow Jesus, but, but yeah, there's absolutely exists the person who has not, they are not yet believing. Um, and so that's not going to come to their mind. They're not going to think of God. Right. How can you restore me? Or you know, if their first if their first Sunday in church after their after their divorce went final, if they're not feeling the love, or if someone gives them that sideways look because now they're a divorced person, they're not. 
I, I'm assuming they're not going to say, okay, Jesus, what's my first step? Their first step's going to be out the door. Right. And not not likely to return because they are living in that world of pain and they're living in that world of hate. Now they're living in a world of rejection from not only their spouse, mm-hmm. but from the church family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their first step isn't going to be towards Jesus. It's going to be to the parking lot. Hmm. Yeah. Dang. Joe? He got it. <laughs> <laughs> he nailed it. Ditto. So, so, um, yeah. So, I, and I think the one thing, the one thing that I would add uh, just real quickly is, is it is our, like, as a, uh, like a human being, when we encounter somebody, I mean, we have to remember that the only, like, I can't control what Kyle's going to do for somebody, but I can control that the first thing, that they're going to feel for me is, is, is acceptance and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, there is, what, what's this? I, I heard somebody, I heard somebody once say, you know, Hey, if I've heard people tell me that God is good and he's forgiving, but I've never experienced the goodness and I won't experience the forgiveness until the goodness happens. Hmm. I, I won't explore. So we, we talk about forgiveness and we talk about all these other things, but if they're not experiencing the love of God through the people of God, then there's no there's no there's no bridge being built to the forgiveness that can only come from God. Right. You got to get him to Jesus. Yeah. You know. So, so what it sounds like then is that Christians, Christ followers, believers, the church, we are the path to restoration. I mean, essentially, like it's almost like we not not the full path, but we play a role in helping meet people where they're at with no agenda but showing the love of Jesus. Yeah. Being with them, because listening with them, walking with them, not having all the answers. everything that they just lost. That's everything they just lost in their divorce. They lost the person who's going to walk with them. They lost the person who's going to listen to them. They lost the person who's going to love them. So that is our opportunity to step in and fill the roles as best as we can. Oh, man, that's We're good. not their spouse. But that you got to remember everything that they've just lost. Their lives will never look the same again. And even if even if the spouse came back five years later and said, I made a terrible mistake, their life will never look the same again after that divorce. So we have to fill the roles. We have to show them the love that they are now not getting from their spouse or from their home. Yeah. Show them happiness. Show them acceptance. They've lost it all. Yeah. And you said something and, and you said something earlier when you were talking about the day that you went down to talk with with Phipps and yeah. just kind of, oh, uh, you were a mess. There wasn't an expectation on your part that he fixed your problems. No, I, I don't, I had no expectation. Right. I just, and, and I, needed I think something. that, I think that sometimes we, we hit people, we, 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 we hit people, we, we don't hit people, but we, we, we get in the middle of their mess and we expect that they expect that we fix it. Yeah. And we can't. And it's not our place to fix. It's mm-hmm. our place to just be. Yeah. You know, I, I know there was a season when, when like my own personal marriage was on the rocks mm. and, and there were people who just came and they were just there and they didn't offer any great sage wisdom. You know, there was, they were just there and it was important at that time that they were just there right. and they let me, they, they let me kind of journey for a little bit. And then there came the moment of. Yeah. Hey, okay, so we've just been here for a really long time. Like you owe us at least ten minutes. <laughs> and so, 
and and you know i would imagine that wasn't the first time that your friends who took you to church had shown up oh no no they had been there a lot and it it just took that time yeah. to build that relationship where they could speak into it enough and say hey you need to come with us yeah yeah hmm. well i want to give you an opportunity um to just maybe make a closing statement, Kyle um, and Joe. I mean, both you guys. Just, just with this entire conversation. I mean, it's been it's been a little bit of a whirlwind. We hit on a whole bunch of stuff. Right. Um, we always land on on Jesus. We just need more sure. of Him, and people need more of Him because He's so wonderful. And um, so they need a lot less of me. <laughs> <laughs> what's that? I said they need a lot less of me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, how would you guys just uh, yeah, sign, one, sign off to our listeners? If you had one thing that you wanted people to take away, go for it. I think that I'm going to go back to the thing where I said that I think it's a mistake that the church makes, and I'm going to again reference Casey. Guys, we we always have to remember that there is an objective God who do, who is waiting and wants to define our subjective circumstances, and we have to lean into Him because if we don't. Are the the subjective circumstances can become far too much for any of us to handle. Yeah. Hashtag truth. <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> Audio hashtag. Uh, yeah. And no, for me, it's, um, you know, as someone who's been down the road and who has been through the, the worst of it, um, there is light on the other side and that light is Jesus and there is restoration. And, um, there are there are people that will walk through this with you. I'm one of them. Joe's one of them. Amen. You you gentlemen are two of them. It takes kind of that leap of faith to go out and to find those people who will walk with you, but they will. You'll be better for it. Trust me, the isolation of divorce does not always have to be. It doesn't have to just be that soul crushing thing that that just weighs you down. Take a leap of faith and reach out and find someone because trust me, there are people who will walk through this with you. Yeah. That's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Kyle, tell us one more time where people can find you online. Maybe they want to reach out or uh, get a hold oh, of yeah, you or yeah. check out your stuff. I, I would love it if people wanted to reach out because I will I will talk to you about all this. Trust me. I've been going through this for um, nine and a half years now. I've been divorced for about nine and a half years. And, yeah. you know, whether it's divorce, single parenting, adult dating, which is a disaster all unto itself, oh I, can, I can walk with There's you through all that. of it. Uh, I mean, that's a different There's show. A lot time. of apps for that. Oh, man. <laughs> so bad. Um, but no. Okay. So on Facebook, type in at WWGKW. So that's Walking with God with Kyle Walker. And, you know, give us a like on the Facebook page. All of our other episodes are there that we've done. And you can reach out through the contact tab. You can also go to the website, www.walkingwithgodradio.com. There's a, at the bottom right, there's a place where it says contact. Just fill in the information, send me an email. I'm, I respond quickly. It's a badge that I have on the Facebook page. He responds quickly. So, yeah, nice. I'm, I'm more than happy to do so. But, yeah, those are the two main ways. And, you know, watch the old episodes. They're all out there for the last two years. Some are better than others. Uh, but, you know, there's there's some mildly decent stuff out there. There's yeah. not. There's some pretty decent ones. Normally, when yeah. we bring on a third person with us, well, yeah, those are really good because yeah. – they're better than us. Well, if it's Amy, they're, <laughs> well, yeah, she's smarter. Jason than was us. on with us too. Yeah. An episode. He was better than us. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So, yeah. Well, if, yeah. It all comes down to they're just better than us. Yeah. <laughs> when I, when I find someone who says specifically, you know, I'm looking for a mildly decent podcast. I'll think of you guys. 
I'm looking Absolutely. for Mildly I'm looking decent. for a podcast that made it on the ballot for you know best local best podcast. Didn't win, best but made it on the ballot. Yeah, just on the ballot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, runner yeah, up. Don't Start. worry about it. We're winning that thing. Heck Start yeah. voting August fifth. I'll vote. Yeah. Sweet deal. Yeah. Awesome. We appreciate I'm be you guys. Daily Facebook live videos saying if you want to stop seeing my face, vote for us. <laughs> That's perfect. That'll get them to do it. The votes will Absolutely. shoot through the roof. That's funny. Well, thank you guys so much for jumping on. I'm fine. I'm glad that we finally got Heck to yeah, do man. this. We've been talking a, about this for a while. It was a lot of fun, and I and the conversation was great. It always is, and uh, appreciate your insight, uh, everybody, Joe and uh, Joe and Kyle, and thanks for sharing your stories and and all of it. And so. Yeah, it, we'll do it again sometime. Maybe. Yes. Season, oh, yeah. maybe Thank you very much maybe, for having us on. This maybe, was super fun. Uh, yeah, maybe season four. Season four, twenty twenty. Yeah. Twenty twenty. That's right. Boom. Hey, guess what our next episode is? What is? Let it? me hear. Our next episode is episode fifty. So it's a milestone for us. Oh. Yeah. That's nice. a nice milestone. Hey, there yeah. you We're go. going up on so, episode one hundred, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah that October doesn't feel 1st that big. Is it doesn't feel that big. Yeah, I don't We're know. We're halfway to 100. I guess so. That's, yeah. yeah. Well, you weren't on for like the first two. I know. I've yeah. only been doing this you for like yeah. 12. There's 13 episodes, I think. Something like that. And then yeah. I was on like four times. Anyways. 13 episodes without not being on. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely we we do want to give a shout out to Casey. He's not with us tonight um, yeah, again, man. but he, he will be back uh, indefinitely. He's He's taken some time away, and so I'm not really sure. When he'll be back. But he's got plans to be back, though. He's got plans to be back. So we're just going to let him do what he needs to do, and the Lord be with him. I just want to give Casey some rosy cheeks right now. <laughs> you won't be able to that see him like with, all Casey, idea. Casey, with all that. Casey, wherever you're at With right all that now, scruff on his face. Just, I hope the Lord shaves your cheeks <laughs> and puts some nice rosiness on them. Oh, what's happening here? I have no idea. Oh, gosh. <laughs> It's like getting a mild sunburn at the beach. And you, yes, I wish a salty and rosy, a below average sunburn on your cheeks. <laughs> That's the color. Below average sunburn. Poor excuse for a sunburn on your cheeks <laughs> from the Lord. You wear them with pride. So, That's right. So down the road, if we if if we do this again, um, it, well, I say if if you guys decide to have either of us back on again, no rosy cheeks references. Well, I don't worry about the rosy cheeks, but you have another guy that comes on, and he's got like the best voice Derek. I've ever heard. Derek. Derek, Derek Shore. Yep, it's got to be Derek. My goodness, I think that I I think that Barry White and James Earl Jones are jealous of that guy. I agree. Okay, it's, I describe his voice as creamy. Well, all I know is wow. he creamy. should be on the next time that we're on as well. Heavy, and then, heavy whipping, not like half kind of like half or molasses skin. spilling out Leather your mouth. mouth. <laughs> yeah, <Office> reference. <laughs> that's right. I have no idea. Sweet yeah, we got it. Lost we got it, Andy. Yeah. I didn't know what I was talking about, but that's okay. Fun stuff. Well, so, again, yeah, thanks, oh thanks, guys, for coming on. We'll yes, shut it you, down. As you. always, uh, appreciate our listeners. Definitely reach out to us. Go to saltydogspodcast.com and click on the Contact Us page. Let us know what's going on. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Yes, please. please do that. Please do that. I'm going to beg. Please go rate our podcast. <laughs> Please do it. If you if you enjoy and if you're not going to give it five stars, don't rate it. Get out of here. Yeah. But if it's five <laughs> star get- worthy content, yeah. I mean, please. Yeah. Please <laughs> rate our tonight. podcast. You're pathetic. Oh, it was tonight. It was tonight. It was tonight. Five stars. Rate and tonight. review. Yeah. Right. Four stars. Too much potty humor. Yeah. Actually, I want. That's someone. not our fault. I want no, someone to, to actually know. That. Nope, that wasn't us. It wasn't you guys. I wish yep. a deacon no. would rate us yeah. one star. I wish a deacon would. If you guys are listening to our audio right now and you've not actually ever watched a live video on Facebook, 
go to Facebook, or actually you can go to our website and then click on one of our last episodes and we embed the video in. But we have a new addition to our table. And let's see if you guys notice it. It's pretty great. That's like, I got I it. I noticed it. it right away. Good stuff. Yeah. Later, I was, guys. I wished you would notice it. We sign it off. Are we signing off? I don't know. Let's do it. All right. Are we done? We can be done. Let's just be done. Okay. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. And stay fresh, cheese bags. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Oh, boy. See you guys later.